still my recorder's duties to catch up with. Taking Ledger and Quill, I went out, up the stairs to the top of the outer wall, directly over the warrior's cottage, which is the gatehouse at the threshold of Redwall Abbey. What a glorious day! The sky painted special blue for the summer had not a cloud or shadow anywhere. The hot eye of the sun caused bees to drone lazily, while grasshoppers chirruped and sawed endlessly. Out to the west, the great plain stretched away, shimmering and dancing with heat waves to the distant horizon, a breathtaking carpet of kingcup and dandelion mingled with cowslip. Never had we ever seen so many yellow blossoms. Abbot Mordalthus named it the Summer of the Golden Plain. What a wise choice! I could see him ambling round the corner by the bell tower, his abbot's sleeves rolled well up, panting as he helped young woodlanders to carry out forms for seeding at the great feast, our eighth season of peace and plenty since the wars. Otters swam lazily in the abbey pond, culling edible water plants, but mostly gambling and playing. You know what otters are like. Small hedgehogs and moles were around the back at the east side orchard. I could hear them singing as they gathered ripening berries, or collected early damsons, pears, plums, and apples, which the squirrels threw down to them from the high branches. Pretty little mousemaids and baby voles tittered and giggled whilst choosing table flowers, some making bright posies which they wore as hats. Frequently a sparrow would thrum past my head, carrying some morsel it had found or caught, though I cannot imagine any creature but a bird eating some of the questionable items a sparrow might find. The foremole and his crew would arrive shortly to dig a baking pit. Meanwhile the bustle and life of Redwall carried on below me, framed at the back by our beloved old moss-flower woods. High, green and serene, with hardly a breeze to stir the mighty fastness of leafy boughs. Oak, ash, elm, beech, yew, sycamore, hornbeam, fir and willow. Mingled pale, dusky, dark, and light green hues. The varied leaf shapes blending to shelter and frame the north and east sides of our walls. Only two days to the annual festivities. I begin to feel like a giddy young woodlander again. <laughs> However, uh, being historian and recorder, I cannot in all dignity tug up the folds of my habit and leap down among the merrymakers. I will finish my writings as quickly as possible. Then, who knows, maybe I'll stroll down to join some of the elders in the cellar. I know they will be sampling the October ale and black currant wine set by from other seasons, just to make sure it has kept its taste and temperature correctly, especially the elderberry wine of last autumn's pressing. You understand, of course, that I am doing this merely to help out old friends. John Churchmouse, recorder of Redwall Abbey, formerly of St. Ninian's. Chapter 2 
afternoon sunlight slanted through the gaps in the ruined walls and roof of St. Ninian's old church, highlighting the desolation of weed and thistle growing around broken, rotted pews. A small cloud of midges dispersed from dizzy circling as Slagar brushed by them. The fox peered through a broken door timber at the winding path of dusty brown, which meandered aimlessly southward to meet the woodland fringe on the eastern edge. Slagar watched silently, his ragged breath sucking in and out at the purple-red diamond-patterned skull mask which covered his entire head. When he spoke, it was a hoarse, rasping sound, as if he had received a terrible throat injury at some time. Here they come. Get that side door open quick. A long-coloured cart with rainbow-hued covering was pulled into the church by a dozen or so wretched creatures chained to the wagon shaft. A stoat sat on the driver's platform. He slashed at the haulers savagely with a long, thin willow wide. See up! Put your backs into it, me beauties! The cart was followed by a rabble of ill-assorted vermin, stoats, ferrets and weasels, garbed the same as their comrades, who were already waiting with Slagar. They wore broad cloth sashes, stuffed with a motley assortment of rusty daggers, spikes or knives. Some carried spears, and curious-looking single-bladed axes. Slagar the Cruel hurried them along. Come on, shift your hides. Get that door back in place quick. The driver jumped down from the cart. They're all here, Slagar, he reported. Except for that otter. He wasn't strong enough to carry on, so we finished him off and chucked his carcass in the ditch, then covered it with ferns. The ants and insects will do the rest. The hooded fox gave a bad-tempered snort. So long as you weren't spotted by any creature, news travels fast in Mossflower. We've got to stay hidden now until Vix gets back. The twelve captives chained to the wagon shaft, mice, squirrels, voles, a couple of small hedgehogs, and a young female badger were in an emaciated condition. One of them, a squirrel only a few seasons old, moaned piteously. Water! Please give me water! The stoat who had been acting as driver swung his willow cane viciously at the unfortunate squirrel. Walter, I'll give you water, you little toad. How about a taste of cane, eh? Take that! Slagar stepped on the end of the cane, preventing the stoat swinging it further. Half-tail, you idiot! What do you want? Slaves to sell, or a load of dead flesh? Use your brain, stoat. Give the beast a drink. Here, scringe, give them all a drink and some roots or leaves to eat. Otherwise, they'll be fit for nothing. The ferret-called Scringe leapt to do Slagar's bidding. Halftail tugged at the willow cane to free it from Slagar's paw. The hooded fox held down harder, so the stoat could not budge it. Now then, Halftail, me bucko, I think you're getting a bit deaf lately. I thought I told you to keep inside the woods with that cart. Halftail let go of the cane. Aye, and so I did wherever possible, he said indignantly. Have you tried hauling a cart and twelve slaves through that forest out there? Slagar the Cruel picked up the willow cane, the hood coming tight about his jaws with a sharp intake of breath. You forget yourself, stoat. I don't have to try hauling carts. I'm the boss around here. 
When I looked up that path a short time ago, I saw you coming up the center of the road as if you hadn't a care in the world, bold as brass in broad daylight. Do you realize that a sentry could have seen your dust from the top of Redwall Abbey? Halftail failed to recognize the danger signals. Yo, what's the difference? He shrugged. I never saw anything. Slagar swung the cane furiously, and Halftail screamed in agony. He huddled down against the side of the cart, unable to avoid the rain of stinging cuts showering on his head, shoulders, and back. I'll tell you the difference, slime brain. The difference is that you don't talk back to me. I'm the leader. You learn that, or I'll flay your hide to dull rags. Slagar's voice grated harshly with each slash at the whipping willow. Oh, mercy! Oh, oh, please stop now, Mochie! Slagar snapped the cane and threw it scornfully at the stoat's heavily welted head. <laughs> your hearing seems a little better now. Cut yourself another switch. That one's worn out. The masked fox whirled upon his band of slavers. They sat in cowed silence. The silken hood stretched around his face as he leaned forward. That goes for all of you. If anyone ruins my plan, that creature will wish he'd taken his life swiftly with his own paw by the time I'm through with him. Understand? There was a murmured growl of assent. Slagar climbed up into a ruined window frame. He sat gazing in the direction of Redwall Abbey. Scringe, bring me some decent food and a flask of wine.